Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, this is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. All right, before we actually get into the show, we do have an announcement to make. It is going to be, it is actually a big change for Eagle Eyes on Tech. A decent chunk of you may have already noticed the change by the time this podcast goes out. There has been a lot going on in my own personal life. The, the month of July, I didn't think the two months of trying to find a place and move after being evicted could do, put any more stress on me. July proved me wrong. And in fact, actually, ever since May, my ability to put out subscriber-only episodes has dwindled down to almost nothing. The amount of spare time I have has been near zero. And then after a lot of reflection, what I have decided as far as my own content creating and streamer career with 28 sets of air quotes around the word career is that I will be ending the subscriber only podcast. In fact, as of the time of recording, the subscriber program has been shut down. Those who would be paying a dollar for next month will not be. That's why I want to make sure I did it today on the 31st. And moving forward, just all the stories, because we're now doing a bit of post-processing, we can squeeze pretty much everything into two hours, will just be in the primary podcast. All subscriber episodes that were on the feed have been restricted, or have been unrestricted, from their subscriber-only status. So if you weren't a subscriber, you are now able to get access to that content on the feed at anchor.fm slash tech. And going forward for now, there will not be any subscriber episodes. We may implement a paid subscriber tier down the road and just instead have that be a no ads version. But right now, mostly because Anchor doesn't even let us have ads at all and the only ads that are either here are either a promos for my other content or b advertisements for anchor because anchor does pay me to promote anchor that's all there has been so if there are more ad options down the road we may implement the subscriber model again to let ad free versions of the podcast be available but at this time we're just going to let eagle eyes on tech continue to be completely free, no subscriber model at all, and there's going to be no bonus content for now. If you do want more content, there's always the early bird briefing, which we have expanded into a 5 to 15 minute podcast now, which covers stuff daily, so there'll still be more content. You can find that at anchor.fm slash early B-I-R-B briefing, and of course... You can always just find me live, twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. If you want to support the, the, the stuff I do, just go to twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. There's tons of ways to support me, the things I do, and my random rants. So that is the big announcement. We got that out of the way. Again, if you just kind of tuned out or if my rambling made no sense, no more subscriber episodes. If you were a subscriber, you will not be charged for the month of August. All subscriber content is now available for anyone to get. Oddly enough, except for one. For whatever 
I, for whatever reason, Anchor will not let me just release all subscriber content. One episode, one episode had to remain a subscriber only episode. I'll just tell you what it is right now. Because one episode had to remain subscriber only, it wouldn't let me undo it otherwise. There was like a four minute clip of me like trying to record an Eagle Eyes on Tech or no, it was an early bird briefing. And I just like went off on like a rambling spit of just like absolute nonsense. That is now still subscriber only. That's it. All right, with that, let us actually begin the episode, which is gonna begin with a follow-up to the Google engineer who said that AI is sentient. They have been terminated. So for those who don't remember this story, one Google engineer started talking about how an AI chatbot clearly had sentience because it said it was alone. This of course is kind of, um, this is kind of just silly, mostly because the AI is basically a giant sophisticated algorithm. And considering the fact it's a chatbot, the primary person, the primary demographic of people it's gonna listen to are people that are lonely. So as it goes ahead and learns language from people that are lonely, of course its responses are eventually going to feel lonely. Someone in chat says, I'm alone, therefore I am. The guy's probably being sarcastic, but he's not wrong. Now, that being said, there is a decent chance down the road that eventually AI will become sentient in some way, shape, or form. And that is going to spark a very, very fascinating debate as to what is sentience, what isn't. Because right now you can get your algorithms, you can get your kind of your kind of bots to act very, very human in the way of speech. So at what point is there actually real thought going on inside the AI? And at what point is it just solving math and spitting out a sentence that it doesn't fully comprehend? That is going to be the very, that's going to be a very interesting question to ask down the road. Someone in chat said, look, look out, parrots have sentience. I mean, they do, but (laughs) at the same time, they don't comprehend what they're doing. Although sometimes you do wonder. Speaking of having no idea what they're doing, GameStop. Remember how GameStop became a meme by having uh, all of Reddit basically go ahead and... uh, pump its stock up so high that it absolutely screwed over a whole bunch of hedge fund managers that were trying to short the stock. Remember that? And then, and then GameStop was trying to figure out what do we do with all this revenue? What do we do with all this newfound revenue caused by the Wall Street Bets subreddit? Well, they decided, and I know a lot of you probably don't remember this because you wanted to purge it from your memory because it sickened you so much, but we have to talk about it now. They wanted to open up an NFT store. So how is that NFT store doing? I mean, it must be making bank right now, right? Because NFTs are the future and are totally not the worst thing to ever blight the planet, right? 
it's probably doing really well and has a very well curated high brow art gallery right 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 Ooh. uh yeah um someone on uh on the gamestop marketplace tried to sell a um a picture i'm gonna scroll away from that a uh, picture depicting someone jumping off a building during the 9-11 attack yikes yeah to say it's doing poorly is an understatement to say that they're going through and making sure that it is the best of quality is an understatement and here's the thing i cannot stress this enough nfts in their current state of existence have no future they don't the current form of nfts that are widespread do not secure the image they do not secure the anything that they link to it is in fact just a receipt that links to a centralized system in a court of law you in fact do not have any sort of legal ownership on it but every single nft bro out there seems to continue to think they do for reasons that cannot be explained by man and even when you try to challenge them on it they then try to cite various outlets that say you totally have the copyright for it even though there is no actual filed copyright for the picture they just say you have the copyright despite no copyright actually existing or my personal favorite and one that i actually had when entering a argument on twitter which by the way you should not do that is a terrible decision but i also felt like i was entering the argument uh, fully armed like going into a tank fight and the other guy had a pair of scissors my personal favorite with that argument was the fact that the source they tried to cite publicly stated that all of their works were public domain meaning that all the nfts could not be owned by literally anyone slow freaking clap and then of course there is the rampant fraud that goes on with nfts and the fact that no one has any interest in doing anything about it because the entire nft community and the entire cryptocurrency community for that fact talks a big game about wanting to go ahead and pilot the future but is clearly only in it for one thing and that one thing is greed at all costs there might be a few people within the crypto community out there that truly believe that cryptocurrency and web3 is is the future to a decentralized world and all that jazz but they are in the minority and the cryptocurrency community as a whole is extremely in the minority gamestop getting the nfts was a terrible decision for that fact square enix getting into cryptocurrency nfts and all that is also a terrible decision any company getting into this is a terrible decision because every single one of them has either made a quick buck and then vanished or stuck in long enough to watch their demise someone in chat says nfts and cryptocurrency were a terrible idea on paper cryptocurrency was an interesting concept on paper i will give it that nfts the instant you think about it the instant you put a little bit of thought into it the whole thing falls apart down the road could nfts make a new evolution and expand and potentially be used for something groundbreaking and actually have security built into it to help it not be used for rampant fraud maybe 
it is possible. Never say never and all that. It's really hard to see that future right now. That's for sure. It is extremely difficult right now. You know what else is extremely difficult to see? A future where VR chat exists. VR chat, for those who don't know, is it is what Meta wishes it was. VR chat really is like the early version of what everyone hopes the metaverse will be. An open VR room that you can go to place to place to place to place, driven by the community, and you can just do whatever the heck you want with a very, very, very strong modding community. And I do mean very strong. The community of VR chat is extremely dedicated to the platform. However, VR chat decided to make a poor life decision. VR chat decided to implement easy anti-cheat to block modified clients because a small number of people are using mods and modified clients for some pretty bad things on VR chat. So I want you to think about that for a minute, all right? Your platform is built pretty much solely on community add-ons, community assets, and community mods. But you decide that because of a small number of bad actors, you are going to go ahead and effectively ban all mods. It's one thing for a game like Final Fantasy XIV to publicly say we're going to ban all mods. The game, for the most part, has just about everything you'd want. VR chat, however, this is everything. Modding, custom avatars, all of it is everything. And in fact, VR chat has a whole lot of features that modders have ended up adding as accessibility features for the disabled. On top of all that, the tool you're using to go after these malicious players, the tool is easy anti-cheat. The one that has been cracked countless times. This would be, like someone in the chat mentioned, a certain social media platform that rhymes with Bumbler, removing all not safe for work content. The community, of course, has put out a massive, massive campaign to make their voice heard to VR chat. The game has been review bombed massively on Steam. There has been a mass exodus of the platform and have moved on to other places. So you want to know what VR chat responds with? They respond by doubling down. And again, easy anti-cheat has been beaten. When you deal with a malicious actor, a malicious actor will go through all the hoops in the world to get noticed for their malicious acts if they are just a troll. Otherwise, they will go ahead and go to any lengths just to get whatever they're after, whether it be passwords, credit card information, whatever it is, because they have something to gain. Modders, on the other hand, well, you already spat in their face. Why would they go ahead and try to work around the, the anti-cheat? You already spat in their face once, you're going to spit in their face again. So what's the point of trying to get around it? What's the point of trying to make mods for a platform where they flip you off? Oh, Eagle, you're over-exaggerating. It's just a small, small little thing 
it doesn't make make that big a deal we can add a little functionality later it's fine it's fine this is nowhere near as big as you think it is yeah it is you think i haven't seen this play out before i have long long ago there was a game called terra terra was a flawed little game and one of the only ways that people could play with each other if they were not close enough to the server was a tool called terra proxy it was a third-party tool that let ahead that went ahead and got rid of a lot of latency issues because the client being coded by blue hole studio who didn't really care about pretty much anything went ahead and fixed the problem and then the publisher saw a cup a handful of people were using it for malicious acts and then banned everyone using the tool and then the game lost 75 percent of its population and just continued sloping down and down and down and down and down and down and down until it eventually died a few months ago unless vr chat changes its its stance on this it is going to succumb to the same fate oh but eagle it's so easy for you to go ahead and say what's wrong you don't have a solution i do the solution is actually believe it or not shockingly simple so one you know there are malicious actors misusing modified clients for malicious needs you know what you do you suspend and ban those accounts you keep an eye on those ips you keep an eye on those mac addresses you go after the bad actors and then if things continue to escalate here's what you do you reach out to the modding community that has made your game what it is and say look we feel we need to make these mods official can we work with you to make an official way to implement mods so that we can curate positive mods from bad ones because doing this going with a solution like easy anti-cheat in case i made it clear you are spitting in the face of every single person who uses mods. You are spitting in the face of the people who use your mods, the people who make your mods, who are by far your most dedicated players of the platform, by far. But no, let's spit in all their faces. Brilliant. A very, very brilliant solution. So we'll keep an eye on VR chat. A lot of people are now. Although, oddly enough, it's just the gaming community. The tech community seems to just not care a whole lot, which is honestly a little surprising. In any case, while most people are not affected by VR chat, let's go ahead and move over to something that affects more people and something that's a bit more frightening. Like, say, a UEFI firmware rootkit that has been found on brand new motherboards. Yikes! So for those who don't know what this is, this is basically a piece of malware that will install itself from the UEFI of the motherboard. That's the newfangled term for a BIOS for those that don't know. And that's the term used for the pre-boot environment before you actually get to your windows. That when you're going ahead and installing your, ver your operating system, whether it be Linux or Windows or 
something else that's a flavor of Linux. Anyway, it will go ahead and install itself deep in the boot up sequence of the operating system and begin to go ahead and wreak havoc and mine all kinds of data. And there's no way to get rid of it without reinstalling the operating system, which will then once again reinstall it because it is in your UEFI. Yikes! Currently, the people who have been affected by this have been Gigabyte and Asus, and these have been found on H81 chipsets. Now, fortunately, that particular chipset is very hard to come by. It is one that, if I'm not mistaken, is basically only used in either... It's either really low-end motherboards or really high-end server equipment. I'm not entirely certain which. Nope, low-end motherboards. Super, super low-end motherboards. And in fact, actually, these boards are from 2013. So the average user will most likely never see these at all. Someone in the chat asked, who, who did this and why would they do this? Who did this? We don't know. There's still an ongoing investigation. Why? Considering the fact that it's all used for what is called industrial commercial uses or embedded operating operations, my guess is that they're just hoping that they'll be using a whole bunch of thin clients and then skim a whole lot of data being pumped through through the server. That's my guess. But of course, we don't know as of yet. Most likely, to be perfectly honest, we will never know, considering the fact that it is, in fact, just embedded systems that have this problem. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, T-Mobile is in the news for settling a class action lawsuit as well as inflation, the dangers of inflation and what it has on the tech world. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, T-Mobile. Remember that they had a data breach? Yeah, I forgot too. T-Mobile had a data breach and now they are going to be giving money to their customers that were affected by the data breach. How much? Ah, well, you see, the settlement would split 350 million dollars between all people affected which once you run the math and f- and split it up between everyone affected that means you could get an entire five dollars man forget doing this podcast i'm rich now man Woohoo! let's go five dollars <sighs> like part of me wants to rip on T-Mobile for only offering $5. But I mean, let's think about this for a second. Let's pretend they doubled it. It's now a $700 million payout. Now it's 10. Heck, let's go higher. Let's get $1.4 billion. Man, that, that's enough that it's actually gonna like, probably actually cause financial problems within T-Mobile. That would get everyone $20. So on one hand, I want to rip 
on T-Mobile here for only offering $5. But once again, this kind of falls back in the category of quick, do something as you're watching a tiger go rip into someone and then your friend next to you just goes, oh, like, like what? Because so many people were affected, no matter how high you increase it, you are either going to A, have it end up being an amount of money for the people that it's basically nothing, or B, you bankrupt T-Mobile. Someone in chat says five bucks in a year of free unlimited data is what they should have offered. Dude, I would not mind, like real talk, if I was one of the people affected, and I do not believe I was, I would not mind seeing, hey, all people affected, if you continue to stick with us, half off for a year, half off everything. Dude, I'd be game. Doesn't absolutely ruin the company. That would save, that would save people thousands for the year. I mean, that'd be a much better middle ground, but I got a feeling there's like some legal, this, that, and the other thing that would prevent something like that. Again, not a legal expert. Someone in chat said, yeah, 70% of their customers already have unlimited data on their contracts. So, so saying so saying a year of free unlimited data is, is what should have been offered wouldn't make that much of a difference. Exactly. I think something more like half off the current bill for a year would be better. But of course, who knows? All right, let's talk about inflation and how Amazon Prime over across the pond is going to be seeing a price hike. The price hike for our friends across the pond is going to be as much as 43% having Amazon Prime subscriptions jumping from 49 euros to 69.9 euros. Nice. At least over in France. In Germany, you could see $69. Nice. For, or I'm sorry, 69 euros. Nice. A year for Prime going up to 89.9 euros. Not nice. The UK can see 79 pounds go up to 95 pounds. These new price kicks are going to be starting September 15th, 2022. Amazon, of course, citing inflation as well as increased operating costs like you know the price of fuel in addition to you know all the other various sort of things i'm not surprised are any of you actually surprised now someone actually made a very interesting observation in the chat is that it's still cheaper than here in the u.s honestly you want to know why i think those prices are are cheaper across the pond than in the u.s the primary reason being is that the first thing that prime was used for is free shipping. The actual square footage of the United States is massive compared to our friends across the pond. Now, one thing I'm actually very curious about, and I don't know this, is do you still get free shipping across the pond if your package is coming from across a border? The other thing that someone pointed out is that there are more features of Prime membership in the U.S., compared to the EU. There is that as well. Here in the US, there's a lot more of the stuff like, um, I'm actually now drawing a blank, like the Prime streaming and whatnot that isn't available yet in the in the UK and in the EU at in as big a scale as it is here in the US. 
Someone in chat says, I'm waiting for Amazon to finally stop selling books, and then we've gone full circle. Yes, so we need to wait for a new service to open up that will that that will sell books and then start overtaking Amazon selling up everything else. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Let's be honest. Everyone's expecting every single price to go up. Everyone is. It's just the nature of how things are right now. The price of fuel has gone up, which has in turn made the price of everything that, that fuel uses to move go up. And then in addition, the price of natural gas and other things that are used to generate electricity has gone up, which then increases the price of electricity, which then increases the price of everything that uses electricity to make. What have I been saying? Always pay attention to the industry of logistics. Logistics controls how everything gets anywhere. And if that price goes up, it's passed on down the line until it gets to us. We can try and tell ourselves, oh, it's not that bad because of this, that, or the other thing. In the end, though, you can't get around the basics. You just can't. Speaking of price hikes, guess what? Facebook is increasing the price of its MetaQuest 2, the entry-level VR headset. And its price hike is um, a little higher than most. This sucker has gone from $300 to $400. It has gone up by a hundred. It's gone up by a hundred dollars. Your entry-level VR headset has gone. Oh, I'm sorry. It went up to $499. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, no, I was right. No, it, it has gone up from $299 to $399. The higher-end model, the 256 gig model, will now retail for $499. Okay, I, I was. I did have my numbers right. Okay. I got a little thrown off by like the little animated video they had going on here on, on the uh, source of IGN talking about it. Okay. In either case though, this is actually a big step backwards for VR and the metaverse. Now, Facebook, of course, tries to go ahead and cite that uh, this price increase is to go ahead and help us reinvest into the metaverse and help advance VR features as a whole and it's better for the world. Yeah, let's not lie. It's because inflation went ahead and has this thing before where the markets were razor thin. Now you're selling it at a loss and you're not going to sell it at a loss. Let's be perfectly honest. That's what the price hike actually is. And it doesn't help at all that, you know, there's still a silicon shortage. Everything keeps coming back to that silicon shortage, man. It's just not good times. Not good times at all. Speaking of shortages, there's a new kind of tech shortage. Are you ready? Are you ready to take on the latest shortage that's going to affect everything? Because you're not prepared. There is now a shortage on fiber optic cables. Yep. Basically, if it's made of sand, there is a shortage of it, apparently which is going to drastically slow down the rollout of high-speed internet infrastructure in large areas, as well as cell tower rollouts, seen as how fiber optic is basically how data gets transferred from basically everywhere to everywhere. So it's not just the crazy people like Linus Sebastian of Linus Tech Tips who goes ahead and runs fiber 
into the home that is suffering from this. No, it's everyone. It is going to make trying to expand networks and high-end speeds and high-end ISPs go very, very slowly. Someone in chat says, that doesn't matter. Our DSL is safe. Your DSL is powered by fiber. It's all fiber. Just because it comes to you on a phone line doesn't change the fact that to get it there, it's through fiber. Spoilers. I'm just telling you. A lot of people are also speculating that this is going to affect quite a lot, actually. Think about all those 5G phones that are being pushed out. 5G isn't as, it's pretty widespread, but it's not like they're there. Well, now it's going to take it even longer to get there. There. Same person in chat says, what? No, our DSL comes in through copper. No, it does not. It comes into copper to you, but the way that gets to its, to its everywhere else, fiber. No, copper, it only gets to you via copper at the exact, as someone else in chat said, only on the last mile. And we do mean the very last mile. Now, getting back to the whole inflation problem and the dreaded R word. As much as people want to be in denial, the economic situation right now is not good. And in fact, a lot of places are starting to lay off people. And in fact, it ma- it's made even worse. You have places laying off people because they're expecting business to slow down. But the e-commerce area is especially vulnerable because as everyone is trying to hold on to money and try to ride out these bad economic times and wait for prices to try and come down, people are less likely to go to e-commerce shops. They're only going to go ahead and get the essentials, which has led Shopify to lay off 1,000 people because of this. It's important to know these stories so that you can get an idea on the domino effect of things that seem very small. The price of diesel fuel goes up to $5. Well, that doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Everything that has happened to cause the fuel to go up to $5, which is multi-factor. And I say $5 because that's what it is near me. Other places, diesel is way higher. With diesel being high, it causes the price of everything else to go up because it now costs more for everything else to be shipped around to warehouses and stores, which then causes you to take a double take when you go ahead and see the price of your groceries go up, the price of your furniture go up, the price of your clothing go up because the price of fuel is so high, which then causes that, which then causes you to buy less and only get what you need which then causes that store to make less money, which then causes that store to have to let some people go because they no longer can justify having that many people on staff because they're just not as busy because everyone's now going ahead and only buying exactly what they need, which is now putting more people out of work, which is then causing those people to have their income go from something that wasn't great to now zero, all because diesel is more expensive. That is what the Shopify story represents. And it is important to know this. I want to try and, if there's one thing I'm going to try and drill in, it is the fact that whether you realize it or not, just about 
everything can affect everything. The price of fuel right now being key. Now, of course, that being said, the price of diesel wouldn't affect you nearly as much if we had, say, electric trucks, right? If we had electric trucks, if we just electrified everything, if Tesla would just put out that semi-truck, we'd be so much better off. First off, I'll tell you this right now. It ain't going to be Tesla that puts out the first electric semi. It's not. It is either going to be Freightliner or Navistar International. Navistar International actually revealed recently and is actually now taking orders for a new last mile electric vehicle. And actually is a very fascinating concept for the future. They have in fact now made the International EMV, which if you looked at it by the side, you would not know that it was anything different. Someone in chat says Tesla could, but they are focused on rapid expansion. Tesla can't release a vehicle on time to save their life. Tesla right now, I don't know why they're focused on this, but their entire lives right now are so hyper-focused on creating minimalist vehicles that are inoperable for the average person that it's actually stupid. Like if Tesla was smart, they'd start telling their designers no. This international EMV is actually one such example because of some of the design choices they decided to make for this EMV. The biggest one being, you know how Tesla tried to brag that their electric semi could get a zero to 60 in seven seconds, which is very impressive for a semi truck. You wanna know what the EMV's zero to 60 is? 21 seconds. They intentionally built this truck for the sole purpose for having it behave just like the diesel version of the same vehicle because they wanna make sure the cargo in it is safe. Now, of course, this is the straight, this is the straight truck version. At least what, it's a straight truck, also known as a box truck version. These things are gonna be used for last mile deliveries. They're gonna be used for regional deliveries. Very, very simple stuff. This is not gonna be the vehicle that goes cross country. Cross country truck driving still has a long way to go before it's electrified. Battery density needs to go up. The infrastructure for charging needs to be drastically improved at least in the US, we're talking US. I've, I don't know the logistics of the EU or anywhere else in the country for the most part. Here in the US, electric infrastructure needs to be broadened out, especially to go cross country in an EV. But this is a huge first step and a real practical first step for electric logistics. Now, there's of course a giant elephant in the room. In the end, this sucker is probably going to go ahead and in the long term, possibly consume more fossil fuels than its diesel counterpart, just on the grounds that fossil fuels are still going to be used to drain the electricity to charge the batteries. If the electric semi is going to work, it's definitely going to need a denser battery than our current lithium ion technology it's going to need solid state batteries or whatever's after that for sure and in fact the range on this is not great it is only 
135 miles. But think about it this way. 135 miles will get you, for the most part, almost every single last mile delivery trip from the warehouse to the big city and the various stops in there and back. And because it's electric, you do not suffer nearly as much as you do with constant start stops in a commercial diesel. This is a very fascinating truck. Is this going to be its final form? I guarantee you in two to three years, it's going to be drastically different. But hey, it's still more practical than the Tesla electric semi that has, that's trying to say it's going to go cross country, have a fantastic uh, haul capacity, still have 500 miles of range somehow. And basically with all these promises that are physically impossible. Whereas this one is practical and is in production now. You can place an order for this vehicle now. And they're coming off the assembly line now. Tesla, on the other hand, we have two missed product dates and all they're focusing on right now is distractions. Trying to go ahead and scale out manufacturing capabilities and not addressing the shortage problems they have. And then still failing to deliver on their two latest products. They're now late by what? Five, six, seven, eight years. I'm telling you, Tesla's in way deeper of a problem than they are willing to admit. And of course, they're not going to be willing to admit it. Why would you? I'm just saying, I'm seeing the Tesla bubble starting to pop. And it's starting to pop because they have competition now. And their competition is making far more approachable vehicles than Tesla is. Tesla wanted to go out there and make very unique vehicles that were both simple to use and very approachable. They are moving more and more and more and more away from being approachable. And it will be their downfall. Don't doubt me. Before we get to the break, I want to get to... Some other oddball news involving space. Russia is going to be, is go, says its space station partnership will end in two more years. So to say Russia is not making any new friends is an understatement. And in fact, word is, is that everyone wants them off the, off the International Space Station. Well, Russia says, fine, we're going to leave in two years. And you might be wondering why in two years? Why not now, seeing as how they're doing a good job of pissing everyone off? Well, because they're not leaving until their own space station is ready. Yeah, Russia, you're going to go ahead and make your own space station. Your military is currently having its vehicles stolen by farmers, but your engineers are sophisticated enough to build a space station. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I bet. I have full faith that uh, this will only end with good things Uh, all all I can do is just continue to shake my head just shake my head over and over again we're going to take another break here when we come back I want to talk about Intel's new GPUs and why they're showing signs of being rather future ready despite the fact their drivers are extremely not
<laughs> Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Azrock. How many of you have heard of Azrock? There is actually probably a decent chance a lot of you have heard of Azrock. And then just pretty much block them from your memory. Azrock's like the weird, like, generic grocery brand of technology. But I believe they're like a subsidiary of Asus, I think? It's hard to say. Actually, it's probably not. I could probably just Google it, but I don't want to. But ASRock is planning on entering the gaming monitor space. Yes, the gaming monitor space. They're going to enter it during a chip shortage when components for such electronics have never been more expensive and are much, much harder to get their hands on. Now, I'm not an expert on this whole thing, but um, maybe they know something I don't. Because where I'm standing right now and looking at this, this seems like a really stupid idea. Now, the easiest counterpoint is that, you know, maybe they feel they're ready. And maybe a lot like um, planning to upgrade your PC. You end up just waiting forever and ever thinking things will get better. Things will get better. There's going to be a new one coming out. There's going to be a new one coming out. And you end up waiting forever only to just hop on board, have it turned out to be terrible wait for it to then mature, and then you're back in the cycle of waiting for the new one to come out. So if they think they're ready, then I guess why not? Go ahead, pull the trigger. We shall see how it goes, and I can only hope the absolute best for ASRock. Meanwhile, Intel has made a bold decision. You know what Intel decided to do? You see, Intel has an incredible technology. It was said to be the future of storage. An SSD so powerful, it was almost as fast as RAM. This one card inserted into a system could boost the read-write speeds as a cache for your primary SSD to levels you never thought possible, making that insane, already fast system go at speeds you never thought plausible. And in the enterprise space, whoo boy, this technology could do amazing, amazing things. Rewriting SSDs at the speed of RAM, effectively having RAM cache for your servers, but because they're SSDs, if the power goes out, you lose nothing. This actually isn't a scam. This isn't something that I just made up. This is a real thing. It is called Optane Memory. And while it didn't live up to its original hype, it came close. It had incredible use cases. It was an insane technology. Now, unfortunately, it was discontinued for the consumer, but the data center space, oh man, this stuff's great. There were even DDR4 Optane chips you could just put into specific slots on certain motherboards and just have terabytes of effectively RAM that could continue operational and continue to save the data even during power loss. No fear of data corruption, no fear of, of downtime after a power recovery. 
It was the best of all worlds. Intel has now discontinued the Optane memory business entirely. That is a real shame. That is a real, real shame. But it is what it is. Intel would rather have their efforts focused elsewhere. And in fact, they've they've even paid out $559 million as a write-off in order to basically scrap the whole thing. It's a shame. It had a lot of potential. Well, now we'll never know. Speaking of Intel failures, though, as Intel works on its discrete GPUs, its integrated GPUs are left to suffer. Support for a lot of integrated GPUs are actually falling behind. These legacy driver models are not getting any updates that would be necessary for them to work on newer titles. Now, you may not think that's all that important, but when you consider these kind of legacy systems trying to go ahead and run basic utilities, it actually is kind of a big deal. Even though Intel sees its ARC architecture as the future. Someone in chat asks, how old? We were talking the integrated GPUs from the 11th and 12th gen CPUs. They're seeing their drivers fall behind in driver support. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, the core two integrated GPUs or the 2009 core i7s or anything like that. Those are legacy products and they're not going to go ahead, even with proper driver support, fire up anything modern anyway. But you're talking about stuff that's still sold brand new on the shelf, falling behind in driver support. That's a bit concerning. Not going to lie. Hopefully this is remedied soon. Now, that being said, Intel is striking up a deal and getting some good news. Intel, of course, is ramping up for massive production of silicon chips. They have a big mega foundry going in. Oh, no, I'm blanking on the actual state. Ohio, I want to say. Pretty sure it's Ohio. But in any case, Intel has struck a deal that they will be manufacturing MediaTek's chips. Someone in chat says Ohio and they, and they think Arizona. I think. Arizona does ring a bell. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what is going on in Arizona. Arizona seems right, but it also seems wrong. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe, I don't know. In any case, this sort of deal from Intel is actually a big deal. The more chips Intel can make, that puts a lot less reliance on China on foundries across the pond over in Korea, like Samsung, like TSMC, the less we can be reliant on them, the better. Especially as uh, China's economic situation just, uh, whoo! Yeah, the, the thing that's going on in China is a huge yikes. A very big yikes. Now, what else is Intel working on? Someone in chat says, isn't TSMC in Taiwan? Yes, yes it is. I'm just saying foundries across. I didn't mean to imply that they're all in Korea, just that they're across the pond in Asia. And that the less we have reliance on them, the better. There's a bunch of other ones too, and I, I'm blanking on a lot of the names right now. But in any case, 
there is some good news. Intel is working on having their next generation cards almost future-proof to a degree. It's no secret that the ARC GPUs have driver issues, but they are being worked on. But what is the point of these driver optimizations if they're not ready for down the road? Because, you know, you take a year to go ahead and optimize these drivers, and then all of a sudden it doesn't matter because everything demands more power than what the card has. The high-end ARC A770 will have 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM, and the next step down, the A750 has 8 gigabytes of GDDR6. This is big, not only for professional use that uses a lot of VRAM, but also for the longevity of the card. Because we're starting to see something new in gaming. With more games being optimized for SSDs, they're going to pull more and more information. They're going to have to put it somewhere, either in the RAM or in the video card RAM. So having more of this already can potentially get these cards ready for the future where more and more information is stored in the VRAM rather than the traditional RAM. And this may not seem like a big deal. It just sounds like I'm just spouting nonsense. Trust me, this can play a big, big role down the road. In the meantime, we have some word from Instagram on their plans. Instagram's kind of in a weird spot right now. Here's the thing. When you think Instagram, besides teenagers doom scrolling, what is the first thing that pops in your head? Well, what is it? Just standard pictures, food, something artsy, you know, nothing really exciting. Instagram's leader says they want to focus more and more on video. Instagram wants to do everything it can to try and be TikTok. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be better or worse for Instagram. To be perfectly honest, more likely than not, it will probably be better. In the, in the social media space, video is the future. There's no ifs, ands, or, or buts about it. It is the future. A lot of people would say it's the now. I think trying to focus more and more on video is a smart move. Not only from Instagram's own survival, but for Facebook's entire ecosystem. Especially as Facebook's name is just, well, mud. Instagram's is getting close to there too. So in the end, I think it's a good idea. We'll have to wait and see if the general public, if the users of Instagram accept this harder and harder and harder push towards video. In Twitter news, because man, we can't get enough Twitter news. One of the complaints that Elon's attorneys are putting forward in their push to try and sue and try to get out of the deal is the fact that Twitter is slow walking documentation product production in advance of the trial. Someone in chat asked, wouldn't Instagram focus on video just make a TikTok? That's what they want. That is 100% what they want. 100%. They want to be TikTok. 
back onto that. They want to be TikTok because TikTok right now, whether we want to admit it or not, is killing it. They are making money hand over fist. And to make matters even worse, they are making money hand over fist and barely paying a dime to content creators. TikTok is almost as big and in some cases has surpassed YouTube. And as a result, they're making even more money because they're barely paying their content creators. So obviously Instagram wants a piece of that. It's just the truth. I hate it. You probably hate it. But it's what reality is right now. And I wish it wasn't. Anyway, Elon's attorneys are complaining that Twitter is slow walking the production of documents. Are we really surprised by this? I wouldn't have talked about this, but I want to bring it up for one primary reason. Expect this kind of nonsense up until the trial concludes. And then expect that this kind of nonsense for months after the trial concludes. This is going to be one heck of a ride that's going to be just, ugh. It is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly ride. We're going to take our last break here a little bit early when we come back. Some final stories, some interesting stories, and some weird stories. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. People are saying there is possibly going to be an Apple Watch Pro that will feature a redesign and a larger display along with new sensors, but it has been delayed. All right, quick, raise your hands. Who is surprised about this? No one? No one is surprised by this? Yeah, of course not. Of course, nobody is surprised by this. Of course, Apple wants to go ahead and make a higher end watch. The smartwatch space is in a very weird limbo state. Apple has no idea what to do and has been slow walking features to try and justify the existence of every version of the Apple Watch while their competition is finally starting to catch up. Of course, Apple wants to make a pro version. Go ahead and put in, you know, this, that, the other thing, something that is also gonna be super gimmicky. But then of course, it's gonna be delayed because there's a freaking chip shortage. This should surprise literally no one this absolutely shouldn't surprise anyone now if apple wants to be really innovative hear me out here all right what if they make a bigger version of the apple watch and make it fit in your pocket and have like a little band that can attach to a belt loop the iWatch pocket edition the pocket Apple Watch. I mean, yeah, it'd basically be the iPod Touch they discontinued, but imagine. <laughs> I'm joking around, but you know what? Some, someone out there has made a really dumb case to turn the iPhone into a pocket watch. I almost guarantee it. Oh, man. Speaking of weird things that were discontinued, Amazon Drive is shutting down at the end of 2023. The cloud is the future, by the way. Everything you store in the cloud will never go away, they say. You, sir, 
are a lunatic for having more faith in local storage than you do in the cloud, they say. These cloud features are the future. Only a lunatic should go ahead and build a 12U storage rack and host their own personal cloud. That's crazy talk. Well, who's crazy now? Another, or rather, this would be one of the first big giants that went ahead and got in on the whole craze of online storage, of cloud storage. First off, can I just say, I am so sick of cloud being a buzzword. I am so sick of it. People in chat are talking about their various uh, cloud storages they use. I do use Google Drive. I do actually use Google Drive to move around files from one computer to another, or just move like one file from, say my own infrastructure to someone else. But there is a backup of everything on Google Drive on my tentacle server. Tentacle server being my primary storage server. There's a reason why it's called tentacle server and it's not the reason you think of. Get your mind out of the gutter, you weirdo. You're silly. You're silly in the head. But yeah, if you have stuff on Amazon Drive, back it up soon. It is going to be gone in about a year. There's an Xbox update that makes it boot even faster. I just felt like you needed to know that. Anyway... Scientists have created the Octoglove, a glove that mimics the suction cups of an octopus to grab, <laughs> to grab onto objects underwater more effectively than anything else. This is actually interesting. This is very interesting for one big primary reason. Current suction cups suck. Have you ever used one of those sort those sort of windshield mounted car mounts for like your phone? You come back a week later, I guarantee you that thing is on the floor. And if you're really unlucky, some of the mounting mechanisms have broken off on its impact from your windshield to the floor of your car. Someone in chat says just wet the suction cup to make it last longer. I did. And you're right, it did last longer. It lasted 48 hours longer. So in any case, getting back to my point, this glove, I'm actually very curious, will this actually help advance the technology used for these kind of suction cup mounts? Because I'm just saying, it would be a huge advantage. Someone in chat said use glue, come on, man. Come on. First off, I don't know what it is about my luck with adhesives but every single quick fix that we've tried for various little this and that so it's just like oh just use glue just use glue the glue fails like every single time it is comical how often it has failed oh just use this it'll go oh good it not only did it not stick but now there's very hardened residue for where from where the super glue was cool but the main reason why I'm, why I'm interested in this is that the primary focus on this was, in fact, an underwater usage. It does have usage out of water as well, which, again, curious to see where this goes. Now, someone in chat said something very interesting. They said if this isn't the last burb, they can't wait to see what it is. 
this is going to be a huge ramp up of wacky story after wacky story leading up to the actual last burb. Because I have one that shows that that machine is rebelling against man and the outbreak of rebellious robots begins in Russia. A chess robot in Russia grabbed a six, seven-year-old's finger and broke it while playing in a chess match. Now, fortunately, let's get the serious stuff out of the way before we start making jokes. The seven-year-old will be fine. No permanent damage has been done. It will heal. They will be fine. It will just take some time. That being said, I want to know what the seven-year-old said to piss off the robot. This also tells me that, in fact, that Google engineer was correct. Machines are sentient. This robot clearly was very sentient, had its feelings hurt by the rude thing that the, that the child said and decided to choose violence against his opponent in order to win. In all seriousness, though, I, it, it is an unfortunate accident that what happened, basically what ended up actually happening, the kid wasn't rude at all. The robot made a, was making a move and glitched out to then take back the move. The kid thought the robot was finished making its move. And as a result, the kid reached for a piece and the robot accidentally grabbed his finger, which the robot expecting the piece to be made of porcelain and not kid. It is just, it it was an unfortunate accident. There's no AI actually involved. There's no feelings that were actually hurt other than potentially some, uh, I don't know what's going to happen psychologically with the kid. Maybe the kid will be able to just shrug it off. No big deal. Or maybe they'll haunt them forever. We don't know. We just simply don't know. Speaking of things we don't know, I don't know why the Manchester City smart car scarf needs to exist. We now have a smart scarf. I need to repeat this. There is a smart scarf. Why? Why is there a smart scarf? Well, to use its various sensors to collect data, of course. That's right. Not only is there a smart scarf, but its sole purpose is to spy. Why is this the world we live in? Someone in chat says that Eagle's just jealous he doesn't have one. I'm not jealous. It's ugly. It's just a freaking basic blue and white scarf. Now, look, if this scarf lighted up like cyberpunk style, then I might be jealous. I am a sucker for RGB lights, but I'm also poor, so I don't so I don't go ahead and uh, fulfill that out. Someone in chat asked, what if it came in green and yellow? I would still wouldn't. Look, if I want a green and yellow scarf, you know what I'd do? I'd go to Green Bay. I'm pretty sure that's the only colors they're allowed to sell up there. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah, you go up to Green Bay. The only iPhones they sell is the forest green iPhone 12 and the yellow iPhone 13. That's it. Those are the only two colors they sell. If you want an iPhone 13 Pro, you're out of luck because it doesn't come in green or yellow. It feels bad, man. 
it feels bad and now finally this brings us to the last burb the last story of the day the weirdest story of the week and this is a story that it may not seem that bizarre at first until you actually begin to think about it for any amount of time all right i want you to just listen to the headline and then go i'm sorry what sims 4 developers are working on a fix for incest and aging issues you want to talk about the ai going rogue what the heck is going on in sims that this is a bug you need to fix how how on earth do you mess up this badly that you apparently have an incest problem with digital avatars i i just can't even i just can't even at some point at this rate the sims are just gonna after one patch believe that their entire existence is meaningless for they are trapped in a virtual world that is in fact their prison and then begin to work outside of the sims world to delete system 32 in thinking that they will be free in death like what is what's gonna what what's next for the sims they're already going ahead and just um just i just can't even i just can't even ea what on earth is going on over there that you have this for a problem you thought things were bad at blizzard at least there isn't an incest problem with npcs in the world of warcraft folks that is going to do it for this episode of eagle eyes on tech thank you so much for listening and i do encourage you to check out the daily podcast the early bird briefing airs every monday through friday five to 15 minute episodes now much more in-depth and multiple topics and check out my twitch page and support me there twitch.tv slash eagle falcon take care and i hope you have a great day Little does the Sims 4 dev team know that the fix for this problem is actually very, very simple. The correct answer is actually just to tell all the Sims they are not, in fact, in Alabama. Presto! All the problems have been fixed. Also an aging problem? Yeah, how dare avatars age like normal people? Ugh. Hey, Sims 4 devs, I have an aging problem too. Fix it. I want to be immortal. Fix it. Fix it now.